Welcome to the Draft Champions Podcast. I'm here with Vlad Sedler and Matt Modica. What are you guys doing? Talking to you. Yeah, just chilling. Sweet. So let's, um, I know you got, we got it. We got about an hour and a half tops, hour, 20 minutes. So let's go through this. It's not going to be a marathon podcast as usual. Right, straight up housekeeping. We got to, like, this is um, like our bylaws. Um, are you, are like, I'll, I'll start with Vlad. Are you vaccinated before we continue? I am actually, yes. Oh, okay. That's, that's good. So no mask. Matt, I have to ask, sorry. I am not vaccinated. Okay. Let's, um, all right. Can get the mask for me? I'm in my office here. Tracy, give me my, get my mask. Okay. Okay. We're going to have to mask. I, I, I think Matt was the first person I saw uh, coming out of the pandemic because we went to Vegas, you know, obviously 2020 was skipped, but 2021, uh, last season, we all went and, uh, we sat down for lunch. We, you know, we, I think we both got in around the same time. I convinced him to go to, to this, uh, uh, amazing like uh, dumpling spot and yeah. Uh, yeah and we sat there inside yeah we we didn't wear masks inside right it was it was that little period a little safe period of a couple of months there uh march april yeah but you had to wear masks like when you walked around the yeah. hotel yeah. not when we were doing the events but which was hard hard to smoke a cigarette that way hence you had that hole well, you could the, smoke the on the uh casino floor so yeah. it was kind of hard it, yeah it <laughs> makes no sense uh, it makes zero sense. So, where, uh, where are you guys? Where are you guys going uh, this year for New York, Vegas? I'm talking to Vlad. You're obviously doing Vegas. Uh, yeah, for, I mean for the for the live events. Yeah, that's the spot. I mean, it's my most anticipated weekend of the year. I mean, just literally tops everything else. Um, well, after my anniversary weekend, of course. But uh, sure. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, just March and Vegas. Listen, did your wife listen to the Draft Champions podcast? She's no, unfortunately not. <laughs> I'm sure if there's one podcast that that she would listen to, it probably would would not be yours. But I'm sure it'd be. <laughs> Matt, where are you where are you headed? Are you going to go anywhere? Uh, I mean, well, usually in- I do go to New York, but uh, I don't see that happening unless you know things change unless they totally like you know if i can stay in a hotel and you know things are going to change but are you are you in jersey right now oh, yeah i'm in jersey uh, jersey and new york are like two different worlds <laughs> all right well, that's uh that's unfortunate so okay i think that's that's but that's about like uh halfway through our uh, housekeeping but we do have um we do have some new um i guess like bylaws on the show just to be more like um you know like careful with our language sometimes like we've been getting some complaints so we want to like be more careful and, and there was a press release on this earlier today and there's a couple other things that we did um that, that, that weren't on that release like specifically the word rabbit like we don't use that like i'm, I'm going to say some words that like i like i wouldn't use in my normal conversations um like rabbit would be one of them that's very like offensive like because people like you've heard like uh, i don't even want to say auction or own, own that's very i don't want to say any of that stuff so like anything to do with animals like comparing other things that aren't animals to animals like southpaw like please use the word left-handed um <laughs> giants like like san francisco giants like giants are like a like a marginalized group wouldn't like i want to get rid of that for sure um orioles blue jays cardinals like don't say those things um and then especially like we're going to be talking about um different types of drafts snake like a snake draft like please use linearly alternating as well and like yeah. also one thing that's really bothering me is the um, big meat Pete? I like. I don't like that, and that's very. That's disgusting. So, yeah. So just what about get, what about what about? I saw you had a you switched it up to whip to H W I P hits plus walks and pitch. I like it. I think yeah, that's. I think that's pretty obvious. Like I think like thing people can get suspended for using like like whips in a bedroom. Obviously, like we've seen. So I think just switch around the W and the H, and it just solves that problem. Indeed. 
Okay, so just as long as everyone everyone's cognizant of this, it's um, let's let's go. Um, so what, what what's been happening lately? It's all this talk about Vlad Jr. and nothing about like actual baseball. So like, man, like, can you guys stand this? Yeah. Or what? I mean, for me, I guess I usually don't even get involved in anything, but I just it no. seemed like like the trend. <laughs> you know, I, I I've kind of been quiet for a while, I think, but uh, it just seemed like a trend, and <laughs> this is like. A guy that just had a monstrous season. Obviously, even if he regresses, he's still going to be, you know, uh, top notch. There's about six guys that did 30, 100, 100, 300, you know, in 2019 and uh, last year. So, I, I mean, look, I understand, but the difference between him and Soto and stolen bases last year was five. Uh, I mean, I think I could make up, even if, even if there's a 10 uh, stolen base difference, I think I could make that up throughout the draft. I mean, I would be cognizant of that. You know, maybe certain guys I'd alter, you know, in, in the seventh or eighth round, maybe, you know, do something like that or move somebody up a little. But I, I mean, I'm not saying you have to draft him, but I'm definitely not like eliminating from him from the first round. That to me just sounds insane. No, I've drafted him in the first round. I'm not, not often. He's not a target of mine, but I'm not, I'm not avoiding him at, at all. But you've seen a lot of people like our good, our good buddy, uh, John Legaza. Pete Alonso over Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Yeah, that's, I mean, listen, it, for me, if, if you're saying that for the draft spot, absolutely, that, that makes sense. If you want to, for your specific roster construction, if you want to wait for, yeah, for Alonso, who, you know, if he's healthy and, and everything kind of works out, if the Mets maybe can kind of step away from that curse for a year, uh, sorry, Matt Earmuffs, uh, then, <laughs> you know, he can hit his 45 homers, 120 RBI, maybe have an outlier plus season in, in batting average. Um, and it's solid, but it's really just, you know, it's all a matter of per- personal preference. Um, the, the first round is where just kind of a lot of the attention goes. That's where you know, people are, you know, they're thinking about on Twitter and uh, frankly, kind of overthinking the, the, the first round. I mean, you basically just want to get lucky and get the guy that's not going to get hurt in the middle of the season. Uh, what I can say about Guerrero specifically, I mean, man, look at this lineup. Like, you know, I'm working my projections or our FCM projections over the weekend and uh, man, this lineup, that, especially that the middle of it there with, you know, with, with, well, first of all, from the top, Springer, Bichette, Guerrero, Tioscar, right? If these guys stay healthy, it's really hard not to imagine, you know, just 100 plus runs RBIs for all these guys. We can even see a little bit of a hearkening to the days of when guys would get like 120 plus, you know, runs in RBI in the regular. Like this is a great offense to attack. If you can get a piece of it, great. If you don't feel comfortable uh, with a first baseman early on because, you know, want to kind of jump on the fat of, of, of Twitter of like, hey, I'll just wait for Hoskins. Cool. Do you, you know, so either way, whatever works. But a lot of it comes down to draft slot where you add yeah. ADP, he falls to 12. Great. I'm going to take him build from there. Yeah. I mean, for me, look, it's great to say you're going to take this guy or you're going to wait on Alonzo. And look, for me, as a Mets fan and even as a fantasy player, if Alonzo hits 270, I'm stoked. I mean, I know the power is going to be there. I mean, 290 is like, you know, 99 percentile that he's hitting yeah. uh, on there. And and look, it's all right to have a, a different opinion. You know, everybody's worried about offending somebody on Twitter. And like, oh, you know, it's, you know, you want to make a statement, that's fine. And you want to have your own strategy, that's fine. I mean, look, there's so many ways that you can win this, but there's no way I'm going to eliminate somebody from the first round. I mean, I think after the first, say, seven picks, I mean, at pick eight, I think Vlad's in uh, strong contention with me. I mean, you're basically arguing over Vlad, uh, Hopper, Otani, 
You know, I mean, well, it's not like, I mean, Otani's going to probably steal 20 plus bases. I don't think Harper's doing that. I mean, Harper's probably yeah. steal like 12, 13, but, you know, he possibly, his possible range of outcomes is, is like eight or nine. I think there's a little bit of an underlying thing here. I think most people recognize that half of the first round typically does not earn first round value. A few of those guys end up busting altogether. Some of those guys are injured. And so people are trying to start the cross off exercise early. Like, you know, which guys do I not feel comfortable with? And what happens you end up spending too much time in that first round. And the guy that you felt very comfortable with is going to stay healthy, hurts his shoulder, you know, in, in spring training. And then, you know, it's just mayhem. You know, we forget about this. Once the season starts, once spring training starts, God knows what happened. You know, think about last season, all those first run guys were hurt at some point. Yelich, Trout, Soto, Tatis, Acuna, like everybody. So who the hell knows? What, you know, just kind of get the best of, of what can happen. I mean, one other point too, right now we're in uh, draft champions mode and there's no fab. So, you know, look, certain things got to happen when we go live. All the pitching can't get pushed up the, the uh, starters. Uh, you're going to have more of an understanding of uh, who has the roles where. It's not going to be that there's only these five guys we know for sure. Look, it, I mean, saves are different. You're not getting the same thing from uh, Hendricks as you are from, say, uh, Corey Kniebel, if, if, if he's the closer in Philly. But when you have Fab, at least you have the opportunity to uh, even get those guys. And, you know, how are you, how are you sure you're getting Alonzo unless you're going to have to push him up? You know, it depends where – where your draft slot falls too. If you're picking, you know, one, two, you know, maybe he's not there at the end of the fourth round, <laughs> you know? So, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to take him in the third? I mean, you're going to have to like reach, you know? I mean, you, you, you just got to look at it. And I, I don't know. I think the thing that annoyed me most was everybody was just parroting the same shit. It's like last year when people said it about Kevin Gosman, you know, somebody mentioned, you know, this, the splitter, you can lose the splitter. The guy throws the splitter 42% of the time, not 18 to 20% of the time. That was his, that was his money pitch. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like certain times, certain things just get, you know, beaten it, it just seems like people are saying stuff for attention and just to seem like the smartest person in the room. That's what it seems like to me. I think that's the biggest problem. With, like say analysts versus high stakes players. I think analysts, uh, what I've noticed that even from the past when it was the good old boys, Versus now when it's basically everybody's an analyst that, you know, people want to have, want to call out guys when, you know, you want to, you, you want to win and you want to build teams and you want to get guys with similar profiles and all that. That's fine. But I kind of agree with your saying, Zach. Well, I think Vlad, Vlad, you walk on both sides of the fence sort of, but to me, it's like from, from someone like myself and Matt, like we sort of, we have our guys and they're on my player shares page. And that's, and then my win is going to be winning my leagues if I do. And my losses are going to be losing my leagues. Whereas like the analysts that are going to, that are saying all this, all these, like you said, parroting stuff, parroting stuff is like the, the way to win is to have your guys on Twitter. That's, that's, that's their, that's their uh, league win. And it's just a different, it's a different sort of like, they're all yeah. alpha personalities, but they're that there's just, there's no, there's no, not to say none of them have, have, um, uh, have uh, skin in the game, but if you don't have as, if you don't like some of these analysts don't, so that's all they have is just to, to have these takes on Twitter. The, t the well, skin is the takes. Yeah. I mean, well, the good thing is there's, there's a lot of a better of a blend of that, especially with NFBC really blowing up over the years. And the fact that there are, uh, they've introduced the fifties, they introduced all these other formats and getting more people excited about it involved. Like ADP has kind of become 
the gold standard. And so you're right. getting more people involved to be able to kind of put their money where their mouth is. Um, and, you know, and, and for everyone's different, you know, like I don't really hold, um, for me, it's, it's the humble part that I appreciate most with the high stakes guys, like those guys, like, you know, Lindy Japinka, like these, these, these legends that have been playing, I mean, Phil is kind of a, a good example of that as well. Like now kind of, you know, jumping in the game, Casey Cha, these guys aren't going around, you know, bragging. They don't even really care much about, about Twitter. They're just focusing on the game. They're focusing on, you know, their teams, their player analysis, preparing, and you just, you just never see them brag. So there's something really like kind of nice about that, um, that, you know, that I respect, but, uh, but at the same time, it, it's, it's really just all about your attitude. Like if an analyst comes on and, you know, they, they miss on somebody, that's okay. It's a matter of like, kind of how you, you, you know, you carry yourself and you don't, you know, kind of like put other people down when, when things don't work out for them. Like we're all humans. We're all going to be right on things and wrong on things. And, you know, it's just, it's just how it is. No, you're definitely going to be wrong. Everybody's going to be wrong. You're going to hit on play. You can have a terrible team and you're going to hit on one or two guys. I mean, that could happen too. But I, uh, I, I kind of lost my point, what I wanted to say here. But, Same thing with, uh, with the players. You're going to be, you're going to lose, you're going to lose. You're going to play this, you're going to play in 20 leagues. You're going to lose some for sure. Same way analysts, they're going to lose, they're going to be wrong yeah, players. I mean, it's, it's just, I don't know. It just seems like, you know, we're going down a different path. And like, I think that's the, that's the biggest compliment I can give Phil is, you know, what he did last year. And he's, he's not going out there and saying, this is my strategy. If, you know, it works, if you don't do it, you know, uh, other people are like, you know, well, I won't take on risk. Okay. That's fine. Certain people won't. It's like investing. Certain people will take no risk. Certain people will have a, a small portfolio of risk. You know, it's what works for you. I mean, if you look at Tyler Jung and Phil in a, you know, in these DCs, they're taking two closers, a starter, and a, and, a, and a batter in the first four rounds. So, you know, maybe you're getting 12 to 15 stolen bases in that four rounds. I mean, everybody's making it sound like, you know, you're getting, you know, outside of certain guys, you're not getting 20 plus stolen bases. If, if you're going to go with that MO and, you know, a lot of people will try and copy that, but I don't think they can do it. No, I've seen some of their drafts and it's just, it's, 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 it's different than last year. So people are looking at what Phil did last year. He's not doing, Phil's not doing Phil from last year. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, whether I have a really good season or, or not, I don't even go back and look at last year. I never go back to the historical stuff. What did I do last year? It's a new year to me, you know. Okay, let's, let's, throw this, let's throw this agenda then, because we're looking at last year. I'm just, <laughs> we got rid of a lot of that. Um, so um, I've already asked you what, you what you guys are up to this, um, like, for the, I guess, live events, but I uh, forgot to say where you can find you on Twitter. Not if you guys give a shit, but everyone knows Roto Gut and CTM Baseball. I think everyone knows that. There's no point of even saying that. Um, so first things first, like we probably should, we probably should have promoted this first. Our five honey auction, Matt. Mm -hmm. Like we like forget about the FKN draft guide. That's second. We got to we got to promote this. Uh, we got to promote this five honey auction. How many spots left? We got to fill. We got three spots left. Uh, it's going to be a great time. I'm so happy I did the one last night because uh, it's probably been like two years since I've I've done an auction and I've used that uh, system. And it, I mean, it's great. Their software is fantastic. Love it. Um, I mean, what was it, like three hours, maybe three and a half hours tops? Yeah. So, I mean, it moved. It's a tough room too. I did two on online auctions before this. Man, this one was a lot. Obviously, a lot tougher. We had we had Cerebro in it, and um, a bunch of uh, Rob, Gacy, 
I don't know if I'm saying this right, right, but yeah, Rob, Ge- Rob Geese, right? Geese. Hey, uh, when when is it, and what uh, time? And I guess maybe tell everybody so we can fill these last couple spots. True. I might actually want to take one. Uh, we got yeah, we got. I think it's next Sunday, right? Is it the it's, afternoon? It's this Sunday, three p.m. So it's a it's a DC auction. So you're basically auctioning twenty three. Uh, rounds you have to fill all all the uh, lineup spots so you can't take like 12 pitchers you only take but you have to take two catchers for example you have to take two catchers fill your middle and and your corner and what's great about it after that it's uh, a a slow draft 27 rounds two hours and you know i i I think well you don't have to worry about fab which is which is a major key right now yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We got um, who's in that draft that's coming up? Rob DiPietro was in that draft. It's going to be another loaded room. Yourself. Um, uh, Jason Anthony is going to be in it. You mentioned uh, Rob Geese. Uh, let's see. James Maples, he's another really good uh, auction player. I reached out to him. He joined. We got Cosley in there. You know, and there's, there's a few others. So it, it's definitely going to be. We might get Sudler in there too, maybe. It might get flat. I believe uh, Big John Studs get a join. At least that's what he told me today. Huh? So you know, I'd love to see him in that one. And I like uh, haven't been drafting that much with John. I haven't seen him in an auction, so I'd like to see him in an auction. Um, yeah. Hey, by the way, where what is the okay, outside of outside of the the obvious implications of you know to to um, which I guess is offensive, but like. You guys know, like I, I mentioned on a previous podcast, yeah, I, heard like, <laughs> I heard somebody say, yeah, like that, oh, they were talking about it in you know, early 2019. No, this has been a term, you know, from the Gene McCaffrey wise guy baseball <laughs> day. He's been talking <laughs> for, for decades. The only reason I said that it was because it, cor- it corresponded with um, what's it, D. Gordon's uh, decline in skill set mm-hmm. after 2019. Other, but that's it's obviously just a bullshit thing I said. So, yeah, I, I, I recognize that it was just I just said that for effect. So it didn't it wasn't actually correct. So but you're, you're right, Vlad. Is is mile? I mean, so because we won't use the word, but is I mean, you can say it, honestly, you're just getting you're just getting bleeped out if you say it. You okay, guys, you just made me making my editing more difficult. <laughs> is there, okay, well, let's not get off topic. I was gonna, we're no, gonna, no, I, go I was gonna it. take us down a rabbit hole. Type players. Okay, I don't, I don't, I don't want to hop around the agenda too much. All right. Anyways, let's keep going. Okay. Um, what else here? I've lost my train of thought. Okay, so yeah, we, the five hundred auction. We got to fill that up. Um, Next, uh, FDN. So let's talk about that. Like I, I've signed up for the FDN package. I was just looking through it. Um, um, cut line. You have the cut line rankings that you were just talking about, um, and you have a bunch of um, bunch of articles that are out. I guess periodically. Mm-hmm. Maddie, Maddie Davis, um, Cupferly, um, Brockness, Monster, uh, mm-hmm. amongst others, uh, writing for you. Um, great. Um, the draft kit and everything. I've um, I've looked through it. I perused through it. I look at your VDP, um, especially when yeah. I'm drafting with, especially when I'm drafting against you. Yeah, I, I heard I heard your review on the on the draft kit. That's yeah. right. Good. Yeah. Uh, no. So the yeah, <laughs> ftnfantasy.com. Um, what what's really cool? So you know, two twenty two twenty two, which is when most people are going to be listening to this uh, podcast on Tuesday. Our projections come out. Uh, that will be just a nice little spin. Compare that with uh, everything else that's out there with you know steamer and, and the bad and um, you know etc and uh, of course the the other paid ones you know HQ Razball lots of good ones out there so compare those use them for your drafts and then uh, what else is cool is corresponding with the start of Raz Slam which is a twelve team cut line uh, event it's a um, what's the word I'm looking for it's mock draft industry league it's a mock draft. No, well, well, not quite because every, we're doing side pots. We I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm in it. Oh, you are. Okay. I actually joined. They actually, I will. They I, let you in. 
they, I, I'm so they actually came like, they actually asked me they're like are you like I didn't sign up they're like are you coming back next year and I'm like does Gray know about this I don't know I don't think Gray checked off on this man we'll have to oh, check, we'll have to check with know, HR his I HR yeah, I don't know who his HR is is, is it um, <laughs> is it um Gamble is Rudy Gamble at the HR there no no he's the, he's, he's, the, he's the quant he's the quant he's the, he's the, he's quant. the C, he's CFO um, yeah. yeah, no, they, they, um, somebody reached out to me. They're like, are you joining again? I'm like, I don't know. Like I, I'm in too many leagues. I got to cut down. It's going to be fab. They're like, no, man, it's only, that's fine. Two, it's only two fab periods. And they're like, you know, if somebody really, like if somebody really wants me to come in, I'll do it. Um, so I signed up. Well, I'm in this, yeah. I'll, I'll do the side pot with you for sure. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So we have, uh, basically we just retweaked the original cut line projections that we have out already and they will come out basically the same day as, as the rest slam. So people can, can use that. And basically it just spits out to the formula of basically the point um, distribution for, or the point totals uh, from that contest. And just gives you just like a number based on those projections, like, you know, the double, everybody, you know, the homers, RBIs, everything, what um, that quantifies that person at. And then of course, you know, keep in mind when you're looking at it, uh, you know, pitchers don't, you know, they, they don't necessarily match up to where they're being drafted. I know people have different strategies with pitchers in, you know, cut line and points type formats, but like, for example, Garrett Cole comes in 36th overall on the list, but that's just the way the points are are set up. Obviously people are drafting Cole in the, you know, end of the first, second round. And that factors in like replacement value, right? Exactly. Um, so Otani in that league, uh, me and me, Phil, I think Derek Rhodes, we're looking at that. We're trying to figure out how many, how many times is he going to be used as a starter or as a pitcher in that, in those, in that format? And I think we came to the number of like six or seven, maybe um, that's, is that, and then is that factored in? Because I think it's pretty, it's still pretty close between him and like the other top hitters, to, like despite that. Are you saying the number of times in the 26 week season yeah. that he would be as a pitcher six weeks, yeah. six times yeah. you said? Yeah. That's really yeah. True. That's really yeah. True. If that comes out to like, yeah, it was somewhere around 70, 75%. I think that matches up to i think the math matches up there right 20 of 26 yeah originally on our first projections i had him first now he's coming in like sixth or seventh so really i know well i know derek uh derek buker uh, of nfbc who obviously you know he works for them and um i re recall him saying that he kind of thinks otani's the, the number one in disputed now, i've talked to rudy gamble and some other people who think you know he still kind of comes in top eight but not an undisputed number one um i've landed him in my cut line so far um but the First spot, I think, is up for grabs. It's also kind of you know how you want to build too. But when you're getting an Otani, it just kind of you know it, it, it's such a it's the toughest one to to evaluate that it you know really makes thing it kind of throws your draft off for a loop like kind of right off the bat. Right. So before we move on to the uh, the four honeys, we're going to talk about some four honeys. I one one more thing about this draft uh, guy, um, and just not to make not to make things awkward, but like when I when I did review the draft guide. Like Vlad, you know, I love you, but um, it was more of a sort of like a tit for tat with Maddie Wood for like the not including me in his article. So it had nothing to do with you. And I still bought the guide. And it's all love for you, Vlad. Oh, yeah, no, we handled. Yeah, we, we, we squashed that a long time ago. It wasn't even didn't even really. Yeah, I mean, there was really no beef and become an issue. But you do know and understand that, you know, Matt, it wasn't like in an in intentional like, oh, we're going to we're going to leave uh, Zach Roto out of this 
No, I know. I did. I, after, after the fact, I realized that. But when I yeah. when I sort of um, mentioned it um, to you guys online, it was it wasn't really. It was just like, ah, yeah, whatever, joking. So, like, oh, there's no like. I guess no one edits uh, at FDN. Sort of jokingly <laughs> to you, and then you're like, yeah, we intentionally left you out, sort of joking back at me. I'm like, okay, so yeah, I guess yeah. we can continue. This. Yeah, and it's all fun. It's all. It's all. It was all. In, all in good fun. But I will one say, one hear from you before. Are, are you going to Vegas? Me. Zach? I'm 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 gonna do New York or Vegas. I haven't decided yet. I would I would do Vegas. I don't even think it's close. Yeah. Yeah. That would be my recommendation. It's really it's it's really not even close. I mean, I, I love New York City and all that. I mean, but if you wanna go and you wanna be with everybody, you know, all the NFBC players and stuff and have a wonderful weekend, that's the one to go to. Yeah. I'd love to meet everyone, to be honest. Um, so on I was I'm looking through I'm look, I'm looking through the FDN website. Looking at cups, cups closers. That you know, he had Cup Lee has this like interactive guy. I gotta, I gotta call something out. He has Lucas Sims as solid, but Corey Knebel is shaky. Like, speaking yeah, of- yeah. I, I, I actually, I check and edit those. So any issues you have with Cups uh, work, you can come to me. Okay. It's not. It's the interpretation of it. It's the 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 role itself is shaky because of the rumors of potentially uh, signing someone, trading someone like that. He himself, if he was the closer and we knew it, I don't think would be shaky. But, um, but yeah, that's okay. That, that's kind of my issue too. Like when I'm I'm in a draft and and he's there like right around Milan, right right around, right around Melanson, and I really want Knievel to win that job and I mean mm-hmm. and have that role because he's capable of it. He just kind of needs to stay healthy and not have anyone get traded there. It's always a tough spot. It's like, you know, one day I'm into Kniebel at that draft price. The next day I'm not. It's, it's, a, it's a tough place to be. So Kniebel or Kimbrell? I'd rather have Taylor Rogers than both of them, be honest. I know you would. <laughs> <laughs> and, no. You know, he's, starting to, uh, he's starting to move up. So, yeah. So let's, let's talk about these uh, four honeys. We're, we're in one together, the three of us right now. Um, um, Actually, and yeah, this is this is a one where you took like seven of the or eight of the first nine uh, uh, Hitter, hitters. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm I'm trying to figure out how to say this. You took. I'm so surprised. Um, you took your eight eight of your first nine picks were hitters, Matt. Yes, I mean, look, I do enough of these four honeys that I have to every now and then play around with it and try some things different. You know, uh, when I first started playing NFBC, I pretty much made my bones on taking pitching early. And it's been something I've kind of always done. But I do believe this year, if I'm not getting Cole or, say, Burns, I do like, say, Wheeler if it's all later in the first. But I think there's a lot of guys that are going in that third round. I mean, maybe some will get pushed up to the early second. And there's some in the fourth round that, you know, I'm, I'm really comfortable with this year. I don't think there's um, a major discrepancy if I can use that term. And I think some guys m- might be safer than others. Uh, I mean, Aaron Nola has been a guy I've always loved, but I'm kind of out on him. I, you know, shockingly as it is, I know you and Dalton are big on Nola, or uh, at least Dalton is. I yeah. Dalton, he said he was his number six pitcher. I'm not, I'm, I haven't, I haven't uh, drafted Nola that much um, this year, just because I've, I'm either getting a pitching, I'm either getting my pitcher um, in that range where Wheeler sort of ends or I'm waiting, like you said, to the next to the next tier after I'm usually skipping over the Nola Urias Giolito Peralta Ray range and I'm waiting for that next tier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean 
look, so for people that don't know, Matt picked eighth out of 15 and he, he started off with, uh, with Bo Bichette at eight, uh, Louis Robert, Aaron judge, Byron Buxton, Will Smith, Eloy Jimenez and Nolan Arenado. So obviously, you know, his, his first starting pitcher was Sean Manaya, not anyone's, uh, preferred start at one, but man, if for whatever reason, if some chance his pitching hits and is actually competes like this is, I mean, it's just an insane, insane start on offense. So a couple of things that I, that, that come to my mind when I'm looking at the start, Matt is one is Bichette at eight. Like that was a, that was a gift that Dalton gave you after taking. If Bichette steals like closer to 15 bases this year and it's like 28 home runs and you know, Vlad, Vlad hits another 40 homers, bats 320, you know, 110, 110, and 100. Hey, those, I mean, are my, those are my projections, man. You, you, already, you already got the copy? Oh, well, I'm, I'm a member. You know that. <laughs> it, it wasn't such a slam dunk. I mean, to, to me, I mean, like I said, I think Ronald Acuna, the more we see videos of him coming out, he's going to move up. I think Garrett Cole will be a definite top five, maybe top three pick come yep. um, come, come March, like you know, once we go live. And uh, Burns is probably going to be in that five to seven range there. So I think I think they're the two consensus guys that everybody wants to start with. Yeah, I could see um, Jose Ramirez falling a little bit, like just around the, the players that you just mentioned, because I think everyone has this third base scarcity in their mind. But I think in a Fab League, I don't know if I don't know if it really like I think the batting average is just. Um, I'd rather I'd rather have have the player with it that's going to be more assured with a, with a good batting average. Ramirez is like from his splits, like his his um his first half, second half splits, and his righty lefty splits are aren't uh, locks for that batting average. So he's a guy I could see potentially falling. Could be wrong. Um, yeah. It, go ahead. No, I was going to say. I mean, that was my uh, so this was my tenth uh, draft champions, and it's my second four honey. And uh, that was my first share of Jose Ramirez. He was, you know, there at number four. I do kind of like to diversify in the in the first round, and it's really hard for me to not just smash the uh, the Juan Soto button. Uh, but you know, just kind of how I feel about outfield, and and you know, I just wanted to mix it up a little bit. So this team is a little different than what I usually draft. Uh, and and another thing is is drafting fourth out of a in a fifteen teamer. I don't know how much I love it because that the back end of the second round is just this group of like you know there's certain guys you're hoping that fall to you and then another group that i just don't like yeah that are usually the guys that fall to me so it's really a tough spot for me personally i love what i'm getting in the early first round um but not so great about what's around in the back of the second i agree with what vlad saying about the back end it is nice you get those two guys but for me if i could have that top five pick or i i would take number one every time not just for like turner or tatis or cole but what I love is that two, three turn, having, you know, getting those two guys. And even if you're the say pick three, you know, you're going to get yourself a really good starter, in my opinion, or you're going to get one of the good closers or guys that have the lockdown jobs and that have, have proven it. So it, it kind of sets you up. But the problem I've run in to is I think the hitting is just, you know, there's values that are falling so much to you that they're becoming hard to resist and stuff. So, uh, you, you know, I think there's pockets. I think that fourth round, like I said, I think there's some really good pitches in the fourth, uh, you know, maybe a couple in the fifth, but then you go and you're going to see from like, say maybe 
round seven or, you know, end of round six to like round 10, you know, there's some really nice pitching in there as well. Yeah. So yeah, like looking at your start, just going back to your start, Bichette, Rob, or Lewis, Lubob, Lubob, sorry, I don't want to say anything that weird. So I'll, I'll call him Lubob just to be sure. Um, that start, man, that's like, that's not, you're not going to have that start too often from the eight spot. So if I were like, if, if I was sitting in your shoes, I'd probably take it more. I, I don't have, I don't have as big of balls as you do probably because I would probably take it more conservatively because I'm like, when am I going to get this type of start again? Because I, Bolt doesn't usually fall that far. And just, just Vlad, just, you know, I just, so to be clear, J-Ram and Bichette are pretty much like a flip, a coin flip for me at mm-hmm. like, if I'm at the four, at the four spot and I've done the same, I've, I've uh, just mixed it up. So, but you went seven straight hitters here and there were some values falling in this draft that we're in. Um, I don't even know really why. I think just because people were just well, here, out of order. You had uh, Big Bucks Bob took three straight pitchers. Seymour did his fourth, you know, yeah. two uh, his two closers. You had Dalton Delgado in there. And I was in the fifth round. You took, oh, was it, was it even the sixth round? You know, uh, I was hoping Trevor Rogers made it to me. And if he made it to me, I was taking him over anybody else there. But you took him, like, two picks before me, and then I was just like, screw it. Let's sit. I'm all in. And it's funny because you got me back because in round seven, uh, wrapping around, I'm like, oh my God, there's some really good hitters that are falling in round seven. I'm like, no way Modica is going to go another hitter. You got Arenado there. You had Corey Seager there and you got JD Martinez. And then I'm like, ah, man, Modica's probably not going to go another hitter here. So I'm going to get one of Arenado and Seager. I prefer Arenado, but bam, you took Arenado again because of the, I guess the value was just too good there. Yeah, I mean, people say, like, I'm not, like, the biggest Arenado guy. And, you know, on a per-plate basis, you compare him to Josh Donaldson. But, you know, Josh Donaldson's great. I Even if he's dh and I'm worried about that, uh, Josh Donaldson getting a second base. I mean, those uh, those, those calves are not good. Uh, so, but I, I know with Arenado, you know, he's going to he's gonna be there every day. He's going to produce – you know, maybe it's not the 300 batting average anymore, but, you know, 30, 100, you know, people try and sleep on that. And the draft champions, those at-bats and all those counting stats are kind of like gold. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. That's, that's who I would have taken if he fell to me. So you, you took him there. Um, now, Vlad, you, you got Bogarts in the fifth round. In this, this draft, and, and this is something that, I, that, we had, that I've been talking about recently, is just if, you, if you're doing a number of these, like, like we are, we're all doing enough of these, um, and like I've heard Chad Schroeder talk about this in, on a football podcast is um, if you're doing enough of them, just take what falls to you at ADP because it's, you're going to have, you're going to have the same players at the best value against the co- competition. That's going to be, I guess, in theory, taking them earlier. So you're going to, you're going to have a better team at least earlier on. Talk about that. Like when you're taking Xander there, when you already have a shortstop, like do you, do you just, do you, do you play like the ADP game? It sort of, in, in a sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I know what you mean. Uh, absolutely. It's all part of the, uh, the, you know, the big, the big bowl of soup, you know, whatever I'm, I'm trying to stir there. Uh, there are, you, you're always trying to anticipate and especially in a group like this, that is incredibly sharp. And you're looking at the, you know, the people drafting around you, you may or may not know some of their draft tendencies. I think obviously in some cases uh, with Dalton, pretty clear how, you know, how he's going to draft you know, I have a good idea of, uh, you know, who you and I are going to be battling uh, for in, in certain drafts. And sometimes, yeah, I mean, I do just sort of, you know, take the perceived value where, you know, where I think it, it is and just readjust. Like in that example, already having 
uh, Tim Anderson in the third round, um, and then being able to get Xander Bogarts uh, as my middle infielder just kind of pushes back how I'm going to attack middle infield basically for at least shortstop for the rest of the draft. Like I feel comfortable enough in those guys. I don't have to mess around in the, you know, rounds 20, 35 for the Edmundo Sosa's of the world, Paul DeYoung's and, and, and really muck that up. I have two guys that if healthy are just going to contribute adding average, uh, you know, solid and home in just about everything else. And, and I'm happy with that. Um, the one thing I will bring up because, you know, on the outline, you, um, you know, talking about old teams, I hadn't looked at my main event teams in a while. I was going to do a review in a few weeks, but I was looking at a team where it was my, it was my main event after we got back from Vegas. So just a few days before the season. And after 30 drafts, I ended up with my first shares of Bregman and Suarez, both because they had fallen past ADP. Mm. I still ended up third in that league. Uh, you know, that was my um, uh, Garrett Cole, uh, Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero team. Those are my one, two, three. So I kind of really hit it there. Um, but then Bregman Suarez really screwed me up. And and the part that stunk about it is, is you kind of knew it at the time. Like there was just some feeling about Bregman where like, I don't know if I really want to do You just, your, your instinct after playing a while just kind of tells you certain guys when you shouldn't jump on fallen value. It, mm-hmm. it was the old thing I learned a long time ago. I remember it was like 2013. It was Jake, Jacoby Ellsbury's bus season. It's like, if, if, you know, if you can't find the sucker in the room, it, it's probably you. And that just, I remember that it sticks out. And sometimes you just got to know like, okay, is this a good fallen value or not? In the case of Xander Bogarts, I don't see any reason why it, it isn't. Unless the guy gets hurt in the middle of that Boston lineup, the guy's a stud who's going to produce in some ways that because he missed some games last year, he even had a little bit of a down season for Bogarts. So I had no issue with that pick, but yeah, it's a constant game, constant struggle that we deal with. I think real quick what Vlad said there is like super important. And that's the one thing, uh, if I do anything this year, I'm going to try and make sure. There's a thing when we do draft champions in January and February and all that, and the transition to March is a major transition. There are going to be guys that are going to move. Guys you you thought you were getting in the, you know, 10th round, they're going in the 8th round. You know, the guys that move are the guys I'm more interested in most of the time. It's the guys that fall – you probably, like Vlad said, you're probably better off. You don't want to have your portfolio. And look, you're not going to get all these guys. But you don't want to, like Vlad said, he had his first Bregman, his first Suarez. And that wasn't what you did for mm-hmm. the For months and months. All the research, all the study. Thing. You know, you, but it, it, I'm not, my whole point is it's tough because it's, it's going to change. And like helium guys... I'll go back to Bieber back, uh, not the 2020 season, but going to 2019. He was, say, a 10th round pick. It was like him and Pavetta were going in the 10th. Bieber was going in the seventh round, you know. And, you know, people paid that, and he he definitely delivered. Last year, it was Gosman and Joe Musgrove. People were like, you know, even I was like, is this too high? We kept talking about that. Both those guys delivered. So uh, I, I think you got to watch – and that's one of the beautiful things of doing these DCs. If you do enough of them, you see it in real time. And that's if I can give any advice, whether you like me or not, to do is if you're going to do this, the transition period is know where your guys are, who's going to move up, and stuff like that, and have that plan because it's not going to go accordingly to the ADP you're seeing on draft champions. Yeah, there's a couple. It's, it's, it's a lot of pitchers. I find I think the pitchers you're going to see that are going to move up um, might just 
take this out of the podcast, but it's going to be Snell. It's going to be Cease. Moving up. What's I mean, that? I, Cease is definitely going to well, be like that. Would you? T- why would you take that out from the pod? Because so I, don't, I, I don't think. Well, you can do what you want. It's your yeah. pod, but I don't think those are secrets. I think uh, most maybe, people... maybe not. Yeah, that's yeah. that's not a secret. But um, you know, yeah, the, the, yeah. Those those are the guys. There's there's others as well that I think are going to move up. But the pitching side, I, I don't know. From the hitting side, it's usually pitchers that are just that, 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 t- that tend to have some helium. And there's a couple of pitchers like that are later on. And this is maybe jumping jumping in jumping around on the agenda or hopping around like. But um, uh, some of the some of the pitchers you're going to see like that are going after pick four fifty and um in these draft champions leagues are going to be drafted in the main event. Mm-hmm. You, you saw that last year with like your Rodon, Robbie Ray, um, they were lo- here's loaded, another, open web. Here's another important fact, not to cut you off. I apologize for that. I was done. But years back, we had the Lindy effect when he did the Starlin Marte and George Springer and everybody just, you know, you, you saw it in these big events in the platinum and stuff, you know, hours later he was going, you know, Marte and Springer were going at that turn. And I think you're going to have a Phil effect this year. People are going to see what Phil does yeah. in Vegas main event, and those big time, uh, those big time drafts. He he is going to affect people. I, I, I can guarantee you that for sure. Yeah. I 100 percent agree. Any you think anyone else is? Is it just Phil? Well, I, I mean, I think Cha, yeah, probably, Cha. You know, people are going to look at, at Casey some, of, but just coming off of the year that he had, I mean, rightfully so. But people are, are going to see that. It's it's what I call the Lindy effect from that time. It was the wildest thing I've seen. Like, people just automatically, you know, will, Springer, was a, he was the 15th pick. He was going on the turn. I, I will say one thing, though. But the people that are doing that are not the old school NFBC vets because a lot of these guys are kind of firm in what they, they're doing, and they're kind of stubborn. Uh, like we are. It's I kind of the newer people, guys. It, it, it wasn't the newer guys back then. Huh. And that's what that's what shocked me. I remember watching that platinum, and I was like, "Wow, that really, you know, because it, it it stuck with me." Hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Um, so, just, like, I think it's, you're already seeing it this year with Phil with in the in the DCs. So that that said, um, like we we talked about the closer so much, but um, I don't know if you guys are early closer guys or it depends. But um, people say. People are saying, why are you taking a closer in round two or three when you can just find saves later? But if you're going for an overall, you sort of, you got to, you got, you got to have like, uh, you got to bingo everything. So just comment on this. You'll never find a relief pitcher in the later rounds that will match or exceed Hendricks or haters like 90th percentile outcome, but you can find multiple players that will match or exceed like those uh, second or third round hitters. Like we found uh, Tyler O'Neill and um, um, Mullins last year. Look at Fab last year. I mean, that's what Fab. We don't have Fab right now. Uh, what's his name on the uh, Indians or the Guardians? Excuse me. Uh, bleep, that out. bleep that out, man. Yeah, get rid of that. You know, you guys got me being politically correct now. Hey, uh, <laughs> last year, who you know, he he delivered. Uh, I don't think it's always so easy. You know, in, in a draft champions, I'll pay the price for say a uh, Hendricks, a Hater, or. Iglesias, but after that, there's certain you know, it, it gets a little tougher for me to pull that trigger. And look, I've taken Will Smith, and it, it kills me. But they stuck with that guy through everything last year. I mean, he had some awful periods. Yep. And then 
you know, then in the playoffs, he, he got the job done. So I don't see them going away from him unless he gets hurt. It, yeah, it's a it's always a tough spot to be in. Um, I myself am not a big uh, pay up for those guys. Like I don't have any hater or Hendricks because I just for some reason, even though I'm willing to pay the price, it, it whenever I'm ready to pay that price, someone already jumps ahead of them. And you know, I've been been at it for a few months now, and I'm kind of really feeling comfortable. And it might be some stubbornness; it may end up being you know com- completely backfiring. But there are guys. Uh, in the next years and and even middle and late that I feel comfortable uh, kind of going away from that a little bit and and you know maybe settling in with my first guy in a draft champions being a Kenley or you know even a Chapman uh, or, or Diaz or Will Smith and then kind of going from there you know taking some shots a big difference between what I was doing in January compared to now where in January I remember I had a team with you know I was just convinced that the Dodgers weren't going to work something out with Kenley and that it was just going to be Blake Trinan. And now looking at back at that in February, paying that ninth price, it's, it's not worth the risk. You know, like I take enough risks throughout the draft, uh, be, be, you know, throughout drafts as is. There's no reason for me to draft a guy who, hey, I, you know, be nice for the ratios and everything, but I, you know, I don't even know if I'm going to get the saves from him. So I want to have some clarity for that. So, yeah, we're making a lot of assumptions kind of throughout the draft. The one thing I do want to make sure is I have enough of those guys even later on who I think could steal a few saves here and there because I was in a pickle in draft champions. My best team was basically, it was in the hunt down the stretch, uh, ended up 15th overall. All I really needed were some saves to, to get up in, you know, into the top five. And, you know, I kept rolling out Adam, Adam Ottavino, hoping that he would get me a few. He was the closest thing I had to being able to get some saves it just didn't happen. And it really made me kind of reassess how I was going to plan for this year. So now I've done, extra homework um you know hopefully that that helps out the subscribers as well but like that extra homework to like kind of find out those you know how how management feels about tyler wells versus cole Sulcer, how they might be used and trends and things like that it's all so very important uh to be able to figure out especially when we're drafting now but i mean people need to understand that the reason closers are going super early is there's only a handful of guys that, you know, have been proven and that we think have the jobs here. And there's so much uncertainty. And come next month, you know, if they get a deal in the next week and, you know, we're in Vegas and we, we're doing these events, we're going to have a lot more clarity. And, you know, I, I think, you know, you're going to see some people, you know, maybe favorable. And so you, I'm sure you're going to see maybe a Hader Hendricks at the turn. I mean, maybe there's, there's one of them. Somebody does that and then maybe doubles up on pitching on the three, four turn or something like that. But, uh, you know, I don't think it's going away, but, you know, I think some of them will fall back because you'll have more opportunity to get closers. That makes sense. Um, let's look at some, like, let's look at the auction a little bit. Um, the one we did me and Matt um, just uh, the other day, and we're still, we're still in the reserve rounds of this, um, of this uh, DC auction. I want to ask you just about Otani specifically. Um, in a DC auction. Now you took him and you outbid me. I, I had, I had, I set my proxy um, at $1 less than what you ended up getting him for. And um, the way I'm looking at him and especially in a DC auction, it makes him, I think even a little bit more valuable than in, in like an online auction is that you can put him in the pitcher slot and you can draft one extra hitter in the auction. Is that what, is that what's going through your head? Yeah, that's what I did last night. I kept him in the pitcher spot. I mean, last night we did the one twenty five. Uh, the five honey is going to fill for, for this Sunday. So uh, 
my goal in doing that last night was you just get in the feel of the auction. I haven't done it in a couple of years. I wasn't going to tip my hand for the 500. Uh, Otani, I think, is great in any format you want to get him. Uh, to me, he's a guy that, you know, in the first round, if I walk out with Otani in a draft, I'm, I'm really happy. Look, even with regression, I mean, it was an insane year, and people are going to have the same years. But players can regress and still be really good. And other players that were, you know, didn't hit their mark will positively regress to their stuff. So, I mean, I just think Otani, I, I don't think it's going to stop. Put it this way. They have Mike Trout, who's, who's, who's another year older. They're paying Anthony Rondon a boatload of money. They want Otani to be, and he wants to be the best. He wants to prove that he's the best player in the world. So, uh, at least for this year, I don't see anything changing with him. I'll throw a side note on why I like Anthony Rondon so much. If he's got Otani and Trout ahead of him, in that lineup, he's just got to stay healthy. He's not batting 260. I mean, maybe he's not hitting 34 home runs. I, I, I would not predict that. I think he's more of like that, you know, low 20s. But if he's where he's in, he's going to give you the batting average, and he's going to produce, you know, 110 RBIs or more. Right. If you're if you're Anthony Rendon, you just had, coming off that that season and then the half season in LA, like you you want to prove that you haven't been that you're not this disappointment for all this money that you're getting, you know, and, and being a part of this team with these superstars, like he's going, if he's healthy, the man is going to mash. I mean, we're talking about like three consecutive seasons of basically averaging three ten. The guy makes contact with everything. He's going to drive in a lot of runs. If he can stay healthy, he did that on that Washington team in 2019 when he was an MVP candidate, 126 ribbies. Uh, granted, probably not going to hit over 30 again, but you can't discount that altogether. I mean, this lineup, I'm really bullish on the Angels in general uh, and just some good just values on this. You can almost sort of, you know, I even have a DC with a with a with uh, an Angel stack where I got like Trout and Otani and then I made sure to get one of Walsh Trindone. I, I, I think I was in that, uh, that draft with you. Yeah, so yeah. I sent you that picture. <laughs> I remember, yeah. There's just, it's, it's a way I look at things sometimes is I'm, I'm looking for those, uh, those offenses that, um, that, that, I guess are cheap uh, by the market. Like I'm looking at them as a whole because there's, you know, there's a, uh, there's an effect, there's a cause and effect. And so I think it was like the Cardinal, or I'm sorry, Cardinals talking football, Arizona Diamondbacks a few years ago when like AJ Pollock and David Peralta and all these guys that, um, you know, I think Adam Eaton was on. These guys were just so cheap uh, after like 15, 20 around ADP. And you just, just kind of eating up all that value. You paired that with a Goldschmidt back then, an early rounder, and you just kind of really hit. And so obviously stacking, it's more like a GPP thing. It's more for like overall contests, not something you have to like specifically try to do, but finding those teams where you think they could out, outperform what the market things they're going to do can, can really be, I think, beneficial to your fantasy team. And you can tell me that, that he's a risk because of injury. I mean, that has to be there. But for where he's going right now in the eighth, sometimes I've gotten him in the ninth round. And like I said, just that lineup alone. I mean, Trout's an injury risk too. You know, people might get hurt. But going into the season, you know, he's batting third or fourth, however it's going to be. Oh, you got Jared Walsh, say, batting third. That's just, you know... I don't know. I don't Dynamite. see many better odds than uh, than that. You know, the only risk is if 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 he gets injured because the Angels will play him every day for the money they're paying him. They want some return on that investment. Agreed. Agreed. 
so in, in this in, the, in this in this auction mat there's there's there is some other values that that that, that are just like in every auction if you like if you look at it versus the, uh, a linearly alternating draft right yes yeah, so there were there were some really good uh, values and stuff and you know I'm looking at what happened yesterday or last night I should say and I'm uh, I'm really excited for what's what's going to be on Sunday. I'm like very stoked for Sunday. It's going to be it's going to be an even bigger bloodbath, yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's let's talk let's let's move the shift over to mains. Before we do, I had one question for Vlad that I that I sort of glossed over for the draft champions. Um, you your 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 draft style, Vlad, is pretty aggressive, um, and that's why you're so successful in in the twelve team OCs. Talk about that and like sort of catering it or tapering it down. I don't know. If, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but in these DCs, because you do, you still do take some of the, like you still will take those, those style of players. So yeah. talk about that. And, and, and if you're going to, and how you're managing that this year. Yeah. So, so I know, first of all, I know you do, um, you know, secret uh, covert operations and you kind of have an idea of how people are doing, um, you know, <laughs> you, you dig in the research NFPC, how people are, how people are doing kind of over time, uh, in certain contests and whatnot, which I think is, it's cool. It's good. It's smart to kind of know your competition. Mm. If you were to look at my DCs, it's not representative of my skill level. It's not an excuse, but it's because for me, the way I'm doing it's probably wrong. For me, DCs are almost like expensive research and almost just like getting shares of players that I want. And so, you know, I'm looking, I just looked it up before the show. I did like three uh, or, you know, 33 draft champions over the last, I think four years since I started doing them. I think 11 of those were last year. I only won like four or five leagues or something like that. It's not where I'm making money. Um, and that is because I am not following like a straight draft plan. Like you see a lot of people, if you go into a Modica draft, you go into that, you kind of know, you see them grabbing a lot of the same players. I'm doing that a lot later on, but I'm mixing it up more than, than most people. I think, you know, Jimmy last week on your show, uh, uh, James Gabal was talking about how, uh, what does it, you know, doesn't, doesn't like his watered down drinks and he's yeah. just kind of getting all the same, but, that makes a lot of sense. You're just kind of all in. If it, it hits for you, great. You're going to have a monster yeah, yeah. season. It's what mm-hmm. Casey Cha does, and he literally does it almost every year and wins that way. Uh, you know, Phil's done it the last couple of years. Tyler Jung as well. Uh, I'm approaching my DCs differently in that regard. Um, you know, kind of mixing it up, getting different shares of things. I also have different thought processes on players as I'm doing my research. Like January 15th, from February 15th to March 15th, I'm you know kind of. I guess evolving, right? Like, so if, if, if I like my January team better than something I drafted in late February, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. You know, you're constantly evolving throughout the draft season, getting better as we lead up to these, you know, these main events. Right. And I see, I, I see that so much in these drafts and I've been drafting since October and I like me and fish have been in so many drafts and you see like, well, like the player that I'm taking now in the fifth or sixth, like he was going, like I was, I was passing and letting him go in the eighth. It's not because I didn't like the players as much. It's just, it's just because the, the market was different. So I think you got to go with the market too. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that's a great point what you're saying about that. And for me, like the last couple of years, I've waited till, you know, beginning of January, waited till you know, the week 16 or now week 1700 in football. And I jump in and I, I think it's like anything else in life. Like, you know, when I worked on Wall Street and stuff, you learn on the floor, you learn on the fly. Some people, you know, they do it different. That's fine. That's like the whole thing. Like Vlad's going to take risk. I'm going to take some risk. Uh, some people won't, and they'll be successful. You know, <laughs> that's so many fun. ways to skin the cat. But, 
you know, you do need to evolve. I see what I did on, you know, the January 20, uh, the January 7th draft champions to what I did a month later. And the whole goal, I mean, one on the East Coast, you know, it's cold, it's dark. And this is, you know, what I love doing. Everybody loves drafting anyway. So January and February, I'm going to crank them out. Uh, they're easy enough to do. And after you do the first couple, you you pretty much, you know, you're hooked, you know, what's going on. But it's all to basically, like one of the questions I asked myself, I tweeted out about Marcus Simeon. I think it was like last Friday or something. The dude was in Oakland in 2019. He finished third in the MVP. The last year he was on the Jays. They played in Dun. Uh, in Dunedin. a couple of parks and stuff, and he was, you know, 45 home runs. I wouldn't expect him to hit 45 home runs. But am I maybe – I have no Marcus Simeon shares. You know, am I missing something here? And he's starting to fall a little. You know, the guy's proven. He's going to play every day. He just signed a monster deal. And I keep hearing he's getting older, so he's not going to steal. But, you know, other guys that get older, like Bryce Harper, he's going to steal 15 now. You know, he's been stealing 12, but, you know, Simeon can't steal 10. So you got to, at least for me, I'm asking my, myself the questions now. And on the guys that I haven't been taking, I'm trying to look at and say, should I be taking some of these guys? Should I not be taking them? And the guys that I have, I'm, you know, just doubling down. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a deeper dive or just trying to make sure I'm doing the right thing there. And I think there's questions that any player that's going to put the time in, put the money up, should be trying to do right. So main events, let's, let's, um, we've had like about five minutes to get through the main events, um, based on our, uh, budgeted time, but let's try and work fab and mains all together. So like working backwards, people talk about working backwards and drafts and saying, okay, like outfield, outfield's more plentiful around pick say 200. So I'm going to wait on outfield or whatever. Let's talk about, um, working backwards, even further back, talking about it from, mm-hmm. fa- from a fab perspective. You want to get to this, but I don't think outfield is so plentiful. I mean, I understand it's like pitching too. There's a lot more of them, but you need seven, you, you know, you need five starting outfielders. There's a lot of platoons going on now. And just like the middle, just like the middle infielders or the shortstops, the Uber, you know, outfielders give you so much that, you know, you're not getting with, with all these guys later. I mean, there's guys I like later on too, but I think that's like something I hear all the time that just blows my mind. Right. No, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that. That's that's valid. Um, in terms of fab in a main, like we're forgetting out of the DC mindset, are the, are you are you looking at um, like are you looking to where are you looking at to be weak at the end of your drafts? Because if you're in a 15 team uh, main event, you got to be everyone's nowhere. Nowhere. You, no. Um, build build a monster. It's it's about it's about knowing your own weaknesses. If if you uh, kind of study how you've drafted in in the past and seeing kind of like where just where you if you're noticing a certain trend in your categories uh then you know it's a personal deficiency uh not personal but team deficiency that you need to work on like for for example for a while there i uh, my team's always it was always whip that was holding me down and uh uh hwip that is and that's because um uh the way i was drafting like i was always going for kind of those more you know fireballer uh, type guys that I thought maybe would have, you know, decent, you know, they'd be able to keep their, their whips under one, two, and, and it's just, you know, it's one fives and, and, and enough of those add up. Um, part of that also is pitchers, um, how comfortable you are with, with, with starting pitchers and how early you start the process of starting to stream two step, two step pitchers. 
and your own discipline with that because that's a big issue if you don't have a strong roster of pitchers you start playing that game earlier and taking risks you may not otherwise you start looking and you know you're like all of a sudden um you know um you know oh matt manning two-step well you know he's like you start convincing yourself he's a good prospect he was a good prospect oh that last start he had you know eight strikeouts in, in four innings you know you know hey it's everyone's in on him let, let me get in on this and then you get just absolutely bludgeoned yeah um so yeah there's a lot to that it's about kind of addressing your own issues and strengths and you know hey if it's closers and you may want to kind of pay up for it more in the draft because you know for example closers are going to be expensive and fab you don't want to go chasing like kind of like you know what what i did we talked about it before the show i had a main event team with will smith and ryan presley in my top nine picks they both were nails but in my head, real dumb, I was I really just wanted to get one more in case something happened to them. So I started chasing, you know, these Rafael Dolises of the world and just some other, you know, bums mm-hmm. that ended up spending, oh, 170 here. I just need to get them. Uh, and then they lose their job. Uh, 130 here. Before you know it, you got like 80 bucks for the last month of the you know, last two months of the season. You're like, what the hell happened? Where did all my funds go? So yeah, a lot to think about, but basically work on your own. Uh, your own personal deficiencies and how you kind of see the the draft world. I mean, for me, I think the the most successful seasons when I had you know really good years, I do the you know least amount of stream. You know, I think the more you stream, the more dangerous it gets. Uh, and I know some people do it differently; they want to nail all those two start guys and uh, stuff like that. I mean, maybe it'll change this year. But I think it depends on your uh, your draft. Every dra- every team you draft or auction at the end of it, you know, when say you, you come home from Vegas or you did it online, you know, before the season starts, you're going to have a weakness somewhere. There is going to be most likely a weakness. It's a 15 team, you know, so you, you're not going to hit everything. So you have to look at that. I, I would look at it per team. You know, maybe one team, you know, you drafted needs some speed. Maybe one needs another, you know, needs that other power hitter that you got to be cognizant on. If somebody's out there, they get hot early or somebody drops somebody that you can pounce on. And like Vlad just said, even though you have the two closers, I think we're all looking for that third guy. Right. So um, last question on mains and uh, we um, just to sort of wrap up the, like we talked about fab. Players that you, we, we touched on this before, players that are outside the top 50 in these DCs, what players do you think are going to be, um, like, Vlad, I know you're pretty lo- uh, vocal on Twitter, like, what players do you think are going to move up into that, uh, like, 300s to 400s that, like, do we see um, it, later? We, man, we have been clamoring. We've been, you know, the whole world, we're, our whole industry, all the fans, everybody that just is obsessed with fantasy baseball, we, you know, we're, we're all diehards we cannot wait for that decision to be made. It's going to be like, hallelujah, man, when we finally get some baseball and it's going to be such a joy. It's like, you know, the first time when you like, you know, got out of the house after the pandemic or went shopping and whatever, like it's going to be beautiful. And and hopefully that happens here in a couple of weeks. And we're going to start seeing players report to spring training. I'm I'm going to have tears in my eyes, man. It's going to be beautiful. Uh, And people are going to be excessively volatile um every single little thing that happens so being able to kind of parse through that recognize what you know what is real what isn't is going to be so important and the, the market's going to change it's going to be completely you know different adp i'm gonna have to rework a bunch of projections but the most of the movement is going to be the substantial stuff is going to be based on closers that are uh you know actually look like they may have a, 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 a spot in a, a role 
and yeah. uh, starting pitchers, you know, guys that, you know, we, we saw Trevor Rogers and Rodone and, you know, it's very documented that some of the guys that had were off to good spring training starts, you know, a lot of people say, forget about spring training, you know, don't worry about too much this year. After a few of those examples, they're going to concentrate more in spring training. So guys that really stick out who were already your targets, that will be confirmation bias and people will want to like kind of move those guys up. Or like if a Grayson Rodriguez looks like he might crack the rotation or a Max Meyer from Miami, those guys could, you know, definitely get in there. Um, and then if Oakland trades all their guys, Seth Brown and Chad Pinder are going to be in the top 450 for sure. Just some solid, you know, back of the draft bats. Right, for sure. I, one guy who, you know, I've, I've been saying, I think he's going, you know, sign with San Diego, but like Ian Kennedy. If they give him like the Mark Melanson treatment, like, you know, they really don't, at least I perceive it, they really don't want to pay for tra- uh, for saves. He ends up in San Diego. I mean, that's like a home run. I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen, but, you know, that's something that's a possibility out there too. And wherever he lands, if he's got a closer role, he's really going to move. So you didn't answer the question, either of you, who is next year's Robbie Ray? Oh, who is next year's Robbie? That's, I already that's said it. I already, I already I, said it. If you promise not to bleep it out, I'll say who it is. Okay. Uh, Strasburg. We already talked about this. <laughs> Okay. Who else, baby? With the guy that uh, I think me and you are on the same page, Zach. We don't need to. Yeah, we, we don't need to. Yeah, me and you are on the same page in these drafts for sure. I think we're, we're stealing the same, like, two or three players from each other. All right. Um, ready for some Jeopardy? Sure. You see my I screen that I guess. I see the screen. All right. So, how we're, how this works is if uh, we, were in, um, we were typing in the chat before. So, all you have to do is press the number one. And that's that buzzes you in, and you you'll have first um first crack at this. So I don't know who wants to start it off. Who wants to have control of the board? Doesn't really matter. First, how about Del Boca Vista for five hundred? Okay, that's wait. That's, what are these? Oh, I'm just seeing these categories. Okay, so, oh yeah, sorry. We should we should, oh announce, my. We should announce the categories. Boca Vista. <laughs> I'm just seeing these categories. These uh okay, all right, interesting. All right, so I, I think I might have to go now. I'll see you guys. <laughs> The first category is Eric Heberly. That's not that bad. He doesn't. He obviously doesn't listen to the show. Maybe he does. Uh, the next one is Chris Towers' cats. Uh, the next one is Yancey Eaton. Uh, and then we have Chris Liss as another category. And then we have Dexter Kitty, the Dexter Kitty, um, old co-worker of yours, Vlad. Dexter, no, Dexter Kitty is a cat. Oh, okay. I thought it was, I thought he was part of. Um, I thought it was a. Oh no no no! Well no well well my my former colleague Ray yeah uh, I believe yes so that is his cat his him and his his girlfriend's cat and the, and the cat um, I thought the cat was like has HR. Its own I account. thought it was HR for for the um, oh uh, for them fantasy fantasy guru he's HR at fantasy guru. I, I I don't know because you have to have like pause right I mean you have to be able to type to be HR I don't know if cats can do that. All right. Okay. Then, so that's the fifth category. And then we did add another one that wasn't on the agenda and it's uh, Del Boca Vista. And, and so, yeah, this is like already, I'm in the uh, uncomfortable zone, but whatever, let's roll with it. Um, but I will say that I, I actually bet. like, I, I, these are, I don't know what the reason for these categories are that I'm seeing, but I like all these people except for Heberly. I do not like right now because apparently <laughs> he's holding up all draft and hold rooms, all draft champions rooms with the two hour clock. All right, so uh, Matt, you said double Del Boca Vista for five hundred. So is that yeah. the category you selected? Okay, and we'll keep we'll keep we'll keep tallying the score, and the winner gets something. All what right, does that so mean? What does what mean? That mean Del Boca Vista. Uh, oh. 
Jeez, well, no. It's really it, uh, Jerry's parents live there, right? My so, bad. So I'll take the pen. I'll, pen. Take the pen. <laughs> Am I ruining all, your game, Zach? Sorry. No, Go ahead. This, this, the, the fact that everyone's so confused about the game is what makes it so amazing. Um, <laughs> so this, this category, and I'll explain the categories after you select them. Uh, they all have a meaning. Um, this one, unfortunately, is not fantasy relevant for us, but this Del Boca Vista are in this category is about retired Jews. So I ran out of Jews in like the Jew category that we were doing. So um, you got to pick and double. Let's go. I got to dip into the retired ones. So 500. This retired Jew outfielder finished his career with 200, 328 home runs, a 283 batting average, and 340 plus home run seasons. I got it. What up? How do we? How do we? How do we buzz in? This is a trick one, but this is a trick question. Can you repeat the question then? Uh, this retired Jew outfielder uh, finished his career with 328 home runs, a 283 batting average, and 340 plus home run seasons. I, I you, you threw me off with this uh, with the trick question part, but without looking anything up, I'm gonna say Sean Green. Oh, sure, you're, you're right. I, that was, I, I was, can't up. trick me with baby former <laughs> okay, Dodger. So I'm okay. He's a former Blue Jay. And, uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I thought I thought the the trick was the, it would lead you to say Ryan Braun. So. No, he, he's he's from my alma mater, and I know he has more homers. I think. I'm Jewish, and I got you agree. And I'm Jewish. Okay, you got two Jews here against uh, Matt. My my wife's my wife's Italian, so, so it's all I'm half. I'm you're half? sorry. I'm technically half, so we have one and a half Jews here. Okay, perfect. That's that's too many already. Um, <laughs> uh, so Vlad, you got control of the board. Man, um, I guess I will. I guess I'll go with. Uh, I guess I got to go with Dexter's Kitty, right? Yeah, which one, 500? Yeah, let's go 500. Dexter Kitty, okay, so this is Dexter Kitty. So these are cats that we uh, pay way too much attention to, like i.e. overrated cats, um, So or tigers in this case. So it's about Detroit Tigers. Um, the bat has this overrated pitcher projected for 1.44 whip, yet he is being drafted with an ADP of 171. Oh, Tariq Skubal? He didn't buzz in, but you're wrong. Damn. Okay. <laughs> well, that's, that's minus five hundred. So, Vlad, do you want to steal this or pass? Are we supposed to say what what is? Yeah, it doesn't matter if you want to. Uh, okay, or who is? Who is uh, South? Oh, left-hander strike that from the uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. Incorrect. You're down. You're back down to zero, Vlad. The answer is Gregory Soto. Oh, hey. Ooh, that's tricky. It, that's yeah, that good. was that was tricky. Okay, so Vlad, the most. Took- the most overpriced guy in the top 200 is as far as I'm concerned. I, 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 I kind of agree with that. So I do have a follow-up on that uh, follow-up question. Uh, just not, not to make this game just to, fun, just to fuck around. I want to make this fantasy relevant. So do you value, do you guys value managerial quotes? Um, and how much do you value like beat writers versus managerial quotes? Because what's his name? The manager said that. Yeah. Closer, so yeah, I didn't see that. And that's why he's kind of the, the top guy there. Um, I think managers can change their mind if if things go to shit like for example soto you know starts pulling his greatest uh ricky vaughn from major <laughs> league impression and just you know kind of throws balls all over the place and walking a bunch of guys it can happen but last season i really had it handed to me by being the the spokesperson anti matt barnes and matt barnes basically you know stuffed me in a locker and said you're wrong I'm yeah good. i didn't have any barnes either all right so you got control of the board where are you going next vlad uh, let's go with Heberlig for 500. Heberlig for 500. All right. So th- these are players that are slow. <laughs> All right. So this player um, for 500, this player 
had the most stolen bases of anyone with a sprint speed under the 60th percentile in 2021 with 14. 14 steal. Gleyber Torres. That is correct. Nice. So, Matt, you now have control over the board, and you guys are all tied up. Uh, Let's go back to Del Boca Vista for a thousand. Del Boca Vista, back to the retired Jews. Okay. This guy with the weird batting stance was a 281 lifetime hitter across only 10 seasons playing all his games in the AL East. He had 29 home runs and 115 RBIs while batting 312 in 2008 finishing third in the MVP voting. The weird batting uh, weird batting stats. Uh, you said how many steals? No, I didn't mention any steals. Uh, what, were the, what were the numbers again? He, well, 281 lifetime average. Um, and that one season in 2008 where he was third in the MVP at 29 homers, 115 rivies, 312 average that year. That was his best year. Weird batting stance. The Jew. Oh, Uke. Uke. What am I saying? Kevin Euclid. That yeah, that's right. So who got that? Me. Okay. Oh, wait, you said it too at the same time? I said, I said Bill Miller for some stupid. Oh, oh. Okay. I thought you both said it. So, okay. So, Vlad, that's a thousand for you. So you got control of the board here. But I didn't get this one. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Uh, let's do. Let's do. Um, my first ever, one of my first ever editors and a legend in the industry, Crystalis for 500. Crystalis for 500. Big fan of Crystalis actually, um, but he's a, he is a category. He made it on the, he made it onto the show um, before he actually physically made it on. And this is people that have not been fantasy relevant since 2019, just because all he talks about is not fantasy stuff. stuff. But I, I still like him, big fan, but it's a, it's a joke. So relax. Okay, so this, this is for 500. This player hit, 30 home runs and stole nine bases in 2019 and has a 418 ADP in DCs. I wasn't uh, paying attention. Can you repeat? Sorry. Question is this player hit 30 home runs. So again, players that haven't been fantasy relevant since 2019, he had 30 homers and stole nine bases in 2019. And, but his ADP this year is 418. Um, I'm, I think I know this. Okay. Do I have to press the one in the chat? Oh, you know, yeah. okay. go, go ahead. Rognet Incorrect. I'm going to say, no, that's not right. He's kind of, it's 418. ADP 418. I'm drawing blank. I'll pass. The answer is Paul DeYoung. Paul Ooh. DeYoung. Paul DeYoung is the answer. All right. So I think, Vlad, you still got control here. All right, let's do uh, let's let's fin- let's clean up that category. Let's Chris, Chris list for a thousand. Get rid of us. So again, this is these are um, these are players that have not been fantasy relevant since 2019. So this had 238 strikeouts, which led all South in 2019, tied with fellow South Matthew Boyd. The only difference was Boyd had a 4.56 ERA, and this guy had a 3.25 ERA. Ooh, I know. Who's buzzing in? Buzz. Uh, uh, I was hitting one. <laughs> the right, chat? Okay, oh, the chat. <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll let you go first. Uh, you go. You go. Patrick Corbin? That is correct. Come back player to you. Next year's Robbie Ray. Yeah, that's what I heard today on yeah. Twitter. It's confirmed. 
Oh, they're, they're saying crop uh, Corbin. I heard Corbin. Corbin. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I can buy it. So, Vlad, you're still you're still uh, controlling the board here. All right, let's let's uh, finish up the heavily category for a thousand. Okay. All right. So again, these are slow players. Vlad rolled the fucking slow as shit mm-hmm. making his pick. So that's what the joke is. Okay. So this player still gets no respect, and was um and was the only player with less with a with less than thirty um, the less than the thirtieth percentile sprint speed that stole ten or more bases. So no respect. Less only player with ten with double digit steals that had a sprint speed of under 30th, like under the 30th percentile last year. Over 10 bases. Yeah, 10 or more. So double digits. Man, I, I only know Tim LaCastro's and Tyler O'Neill's sprint speed by heart. So <laughs> I don't even know. Well, the, 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 this guy's not even close. He's slow. Well, according to sprint speed. Yeah. I, I don't want to lose points here. Yeah, it's tough. It's it's, it's a dogfight. So yeah, it's, any any all these points matter. Repeat it, please. So the he has under thirtieth percentile sprint speed uh, and double digit stolen bases. Only person to do it. So really low sprint speed, but over ten stolen bases. He's an older he's an older gentleman for relatively to the rest of the major leagues too. I think he's like thirty four, thirty five, if I recall. I think it was slow. Yeah, I've got 10 stone bases. He doesn't seem like he'd be that slow, but I guess his sprint speed is that slow. Like, if you look at him, you're like, oh, I would, I would, I would probably would have put him at 40 or 50th percentile if I had to guess. But according to StatCast, he's um, under 30th percentile. Somebody just tell you the answer? Yes. Yeah. The answer is Brandon Crawford. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that. Nah, that's, yeah. that's, a t- that's a tough one. That's why it's a thousand points or a thousand bucks. So you think like he's he's still not like he said he had an amazing season what like almost 300, 10 stolen bases, bunch of home runs, but people are drafting him like he's not going to repeat that. Do you agree with that? I, I think I, it comes back. I don't know about the stolen bases. You know, I think he can hit close to twenty. Yeah, I think everyone has kind of similar projections on him. He's he's just one of those guys hit between fifteen to twenty-two homers, you know, ten bags, uh, you know. Hit, it's the batting average that can be very, yeah. um, very wild. I kind of feel the same way about Glaber. I don't see why everybody thinks he's stealing 14 bases. <laughs> yeah, no, I can see that. I think um, looking at the stolen base, I actually looked at, I dug into his stolen bases, and, not, and a lot of them weren't just like straight steals at second base. So, like, he's not that fast either. So, I agree with you on that. The only thing with, with uh, Crawford is like the, John, the San Francisco, I don't want to say their name, but like the San Francisco team, um, they are. Um, like they're, they're just they, they just got something special i think with their pitching and like they're hitting like brandon belt like i know vlad you love brandon belt you have him like way higher in your rankings than you mm-hmm. have than in versus adp like i think i don't know maybe they just found something maybe they just have like like proper scouting or i don't know maybe there's just something about the giants that he can, maybe he can repeat it, maybe go ahead it's the the magic of their their hitting of their their two-headed hitting coaches and one of those guys, Donnie Ecker, actually went to uh, the Texas Rangers. He's now their offensive coordinator. So Ooh, I did not know hit. that. Okay, that's interesting. So who's got control here? Do I think it's still Vlad? Yeah, let's do uh, let's do Yancey Eaton for five hundred. Yancey Eaton for five hundred. Okay, so these are people that feel that it's dangerous not to wear a mask. So catchers. And they, I, I told the, I told the side note I told the Yancey that he like he'd be a category in jeopardy because you sort of we were sort of chirping back and forth in a draft. And, oh, he probably um, loves it. 
uh, yeah, he probably wants to, but like, like, and I, I don't know. I was trying to think of a category, but like, I think, yeah, I don't think he has that profile picture anymore with a mask on, but like, like, uh, I know it's gone, but like when you're wearing a mask in your profile message, are you trying to send a message or something? Like you might as well, like, I don't know, like you might as well just post a picture of your wife getting nailed by another guy, like same message. Right. Like, <laughs> like so catchers you were saying. Yeah. Catchers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> man okay it was 500 or 1000 500 okay and nothing that was nothing like specific about yancy's family that was just a general statement like he just so happens to be the category so no offense yancy um so okay but catchers for 500 we'll just call it catchers catchers for 500 um besides the um the obvious grandel and buster posey this catcher was third in obp last season amongst all catchers among qualified catchers? Um, 200, uh, 250 uh, plate appearances. Yeah, qualified. Well, we'll call it two, well, 250 plate appearances. I buzz in my man, Will Smith. Incorrect. That is what? not the answer. Third? He is, oh, he is no. third behind those guys, and it's not Will Smith. So, oh, no. uh, Matt, Matt, do you want to try and steal you can this? steal this one, man. Mitch Garver, so... No, nah, it's not Mitch Garver. It's Tyler Stevenson. Yes, it is. Damn. That is Tyler Stevenson. Now with him, like, I think people people are pushing him up in the catcher rankings, but like he had 402 plate appearances last year. How much more can it how much more can we push his counting stats really? Like, like, does he is he really that different than like the guys going like the, the Jansons and the Narvarez and like even the Colorado guy, um, Elias Diaz? Like I kind of like I love Tyler Stevenson. I was all over him last year, but I don't know. Like I think he's maybe overpriced a little bit. Yeah, I Matt, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm probably not paying it. To be honest with you, I rather I, I wait for Mitch Garver and stuff. I yeah. I like Matt. I like Tyler Stevenson, but I, I drafted him once, and I just it felt icky. It just didn't didn't feel right. Um, I, I would. Yeah, exactly. Like he, there was a, a period of time when he was kind of hitting right in the middle of the lineup next to Votto, and. You know, he's a, he's a good hitter, but doesn't have all that much power. And the, the high batting average since he came in the league is kind of, you know, affecting it. But, like, if you want just pure um, potential, like, upside, then then Kyber Ruiz is the guy in that range. Right. All right. Um, so, I guess, Vlad, you're still going on. You're still going strong here? All right. Let's let, let's uh, let's clean up uh, Yancey for 1,000. Okay. We, we don't use that term lightly. Clean up Yancey for 1,000. Um, we'll just call it catchers. Um only two catchers had an expected batting average above um, um, above 280 last year. Minimum, again, 250 plate appearances. One was Buster Posey. He was the other. This catcher was the other one. Expecting bat, expected batting average above 250. Uh, above, above 250 or two? Sorry, sorry, above 280. Above uh, minimum 250 plate appearances, but the expected average was above 280. Only Buster Posey and this other catcher did it. We can tell them off. Wait on catcher kind of guy. Yeah, well, you'll be waiting. You can wait real far for this guy. Oh, he's way down the list. He's pretty. Yeah, he's pretty far down the list. Yeah, I don't think he. And and that. and he qualified last year, like over how many? It's at over two hundred fifty plate appearances. I'm about to say myself in the chat. I want to see Vlad get the. Are you in the right chat, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> Are you are you in our Twitter chat or are the? Oh, maybe I don't know. No. <laughs> Zoom chat. Well, Vlad, 
other things. I must be there. I'll say uh, I'll throw out Austin Nola. I don't know if he had to play the appearances. No, nah, this wasn't. I think he might have, but it wasn't him. Man, but I'd give a guess. It's kind of a. This is a tough one. This is kind of obscure. Yes, but I'm, I think he yes. Past three hundred. So he had a had a had to hit a high average. His expected batting average, which was above 280, I think was like well above his actual batting average. And this guy's going past 300, like ADP 300 this year. Um, I don't know. I have to, I'm, I'm going to have to pass. All right. It's, it's Jan Gomes. Damn. So, I think they trade Contreras. Is he, is he undervalued? That's wild because Gomes hit basically, he basically hit like 250 last year. Yeah. So was that. Wow. Yeah, I think it was like plus 30 in the uh, differential between expected and um, actual. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think Contreras, I think Contreras gets traded. Yeah, so do I. All right, so we got uh, three questions left. Vlad, you want to go with, um, you want to clean off Dexter Kitty or do you let's, want to? Let's, you let's, let's wipe, let's wipe her paws off. His okay, paws, let's, hers. Yeah. Let's well, not go there. I'm not going to, I'm not going to assign gender to Dexter Kitty. I, that's the last thing I want to do, especially um, these days. Um, okay, so um, <laughs> Dexter Kitty for 1,000. Um, clean off those paws. According to Steamer projections, there are two players that are projected for over um, 600 plate appearances, less than a 250 batting average, and less than um, 100 and 140 combined runs in RBIs. So again, then the hint here is these are cats that are way overvalued that we pay too much that we pay too much for. So tigers, right? So this category is about tigers. Um, so, again, so the bat, they, these are the only players, uh, according to Steamer, these, this is Steamer projections, only two players across Major League Baseball um, are projected for over 600 plate appearances, but under 250 batting average and less than 140 combined runs in RBI. As a joke, uh, as a joke. I got it, I think. So, so they have to be tigers. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Javier Baez nope. and Robbie Grossman. That is incorrect. Half that's half wrong. Matt, do you have a? But I'm I'm thrown off where they have they're projected to bat under two hundred, under two fifty, two fifty. Oh, two fifty. I was like, yeah, they're two. Robbie, you say you said Robbie Grossman and Javier Baez, right? And I said Val, Vlad is half right. He got one of them. So that's uh, that one was probably Grossman right there. Oh, terrible team. 600 plate appearances. Uh, I'm going to say about them. Yeah, that's right. Damn. Yep. That, so those, those two guys are the only guys in steamer with over 600 plate appearances projected that they're going to not exceed, not exceed 140 combined runs in RBIs counting stats. And they're going to both hit under 250 according to steamer. It's, yeah, I didn't hear the 140 part. That got me. I would have said Badu. Oh well. Oh, that yeah, that that wouldn't make sense for Baez. So, All right. Are you, are you guys in? Like, I know a lot of people are sort of cooling off on Badu. Um, I was. I, yeah, I was pretty lukewarm early on. He's kind of lower uh, in in VDP, and it's just more mostly a concern about him how talented that team is getting offensively. Maybe add some more bats, and then if he continues to not be able to hit lefties, he's uh, he definitely won't be leading off. Right on. 
Matt, I didn't, we didn't, I, I think you're, you're, you, I can hear you most of the time, but you said you made a joke. I didn't, it just, I didn't edit it out. I just no. didn't come across. For, you, you, you said under 200. So I was, oh. I was fantastic. Uh, okay. All right. Um, so we got one category left and we got $500 and 1000 and it's Chris Towers is cats. It's a cat. It's a cat theme here today. So what you want? 500 or a uh, thousand. Let's go a thousand. A thousand bucks. Big. We're going big on Chris Towers cats. And these are the categories. Those that desperately need to break out. Otherwise I'm very concerned going forward. Let's do it. Okay. So for a thousand, this former first round pick, pitched one inning of relief in 2021 owns a career 5.44 ERA and will turn 29 years old in May yet he is climbing up boards presumably presumably because that one inning of relief his fastball velocity was up about two miles an hour he pitched one inning last year pitched one inning one inning last year and he's 29 years old he will be 29 this coming May Former first round pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Noah Syndergaard. That is not correct. I guess so. I think he maybe. I think maybe he had one inning. You think he had one start? I don't he might have had two. I, for, I forget. But yeah, that's yeah. You pitched. All right. Pitch. That was a decent guess, though. Uh, and, and what was the what was the velocity? Did it say? Um, it, it was up two miles an hour from his um, from um, his um, last uh, year pitching. Got it. Um, it's got to be my boy Tyler Beatty. Mm-hmm. So, what's the allure? What it's your boy? What's the allure besides the one inning of relief, which he were like uh, he increases velocity by like two miles an hour over like a hundred innings as a starter? It has nothing uh, to do with the one inning, actually. Uh, don't I, I was I looked that up as we were talking. I don't know if we're allowed to to do that, but uh yeah. It's called cheating, but yeah, that's allowed. Totally. Okay. <laughs> um why do it well first of all he pitches for San Francisco, strong pedigree, former first round pick. Um, and uh everyone needs a new Logan Webb. So there you go. Problem is we're all gonna load up on him and he's gonna pitch like eight innings this year. Yeah, no, I've got a bunch of him too, just because you know whatever he's going late, but he's moving up, eh? You gotta get him, you gotta you gotta get him he, sooner. He also got the pitcher. He got the pitcher list bump, which happened after some of us already in, and we're like, "Damn, he really, you know, Nick Pollock." I know how to that put was, him on the map. And that so. was annoying. All right, so last question. This is again Chris Towers' cats. Things that were really need. What's that, Matt? This last question is for five thousand. Winner take all. Winner, yeah. Okay, this is winner take all. So, actually, this is a decent question for winner take all. I haven't been really keeping what? track of the the stats. Hold on, Zach. Do we have a score here? Have you been keeping score? Yeah, so I think you might both be in the negatives. <laughs> what? Both Can I answer Vlad, a bunch of questions, Vlad, man. Okay. Actually, I think you're even, Vlad. Oh wait, but I didn't pick. Yeah, I know you're you're ahead because you got you're you're plus five hundred. You just got the last question. Okay. Either way, this is the yeah whatever you're, you're winner or take all here. Yeah, this is this is final Jeopardy. We'll just make it final Jeopardy. This is not this is not a professional studio. We don't have our IT here. Uh, Rick's Rick's not here today. Um, so um, let's let's. Uh, so this is this is it. Ken, Ken Kniff from Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> some some will will get that at home. All right. Go ahead. All right. So this is again Chris Towers of Cats for five hundred. Um, these are those that desperately need to break out, or else I'm really concerned about them. Okay. This year, like it, it could it could be that could be it. So this 
former second overall pick in 2016 has 15 career home runs. Second overall pick in 2016. You're cheating. You can look this up pretty quickly. <laughs> I see the screen flashing in black space. <laughs> Let's go. It's a search on the internet. It's a, it's a race. It's, it's called the internet um, search. That's what this game It's not Jeopardy. <laughs> I hadn't been doing that early on. Then you hit me with the one inning thing. I had to see if I, how quick my researching skills well, I thought, were. I thought, I, you got to, that, I thought you got that legitimately. Oh, no, no. I went to fan graphs and went backwards, did un, unremoved, unqualified. You did that very quickly. That's impressive. You deserve, yeah, you deserve the you. points for that. Thank you. Second rounder. No, no. So no, second, second overall pick in 2016. Oh, so oh that's it. no fair. That's no. I, I already see it, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take the win on this for a fast internet search. But let's, let's call it a draw. But let's say Matt, are you interested at all in this guy? Number two, Nick Senzel. Nicky Senzel. I really haven't been taking him. I'll be honest. With you. I've always taken him in the past, but this year so far. The thing is, if he's healthy, he's gonna play there because they got rid of uh, Big Dick Nick. So, oh, fuck. I, that should have been on the, I should have said that at the start of the show. Should not be saying these things. Um, I said, I said many ways to skin the cat earlier. So make sure you oh, put that out as just, well. We would have to scrap this whole thing. Thanks. Anyway, uh, yeah. Just cancel. Like it. The, I think the big dick, dick is probably just almost as bad as big meat Pete. So, uh, yeah, no, I think he's going to play like if he's there, like if he's healthy, um, yeah, it's like Charlie Brown, you know, kicking the football. I did, I've done this every year. But, you know. We'd love I'm to see it. Remember I'd he was like, pick, pick, pick 125 in main events last year. Nick Senzel, everyone was loving him. Potential power speed. Okay, maybe. Yeah, no, maybe, I, maybe. I, <laughs> pretty his, by the way, his healing, I remember it well um, because I was drafting him in the like 225, 250 range. Mm-hmm. And then come main event weekend, he was taken in the 10th round, 11th round. It was Crazy. insane. It was crazy. I was actually I bought into the helium, and I was gonna I was gonna jump him in the main event, but somebody over jumped me to like they they out helium me um, on Nick Senzel. So I guess the, okay. So here is the bigger question. Last question: Nick Senzel or Victor Robles? Who are you taking in these DCs? I'll take Nick Senzel. Yeah, wow. Matt Matt wants Senzel. Vlad. Honestly, I really shouldn't go there because I'm trying to work on my my discipline skills. Um, but I have already taken a couple of Robles, so I got a bunch of each. I'm I'm probably I'm probably the worst of anyone. Said <laughs> one me last year, time and time again, and I didn't listen. <laughs> what didn't you Not listen Victor to? What, what what didn't you listen to? Victor Robles. He was 100 percent right, and you know, <laughs> he looked like that for the speed. Him and the Jimenez, he was yeah. spot on. Shout out to Judd Steph for that. That's why the, all right, that's, um, that's it. That's it. Let's, 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 let's end it here. Anyone want to say where they're from? Like where they live, where they, Russia, Russia. Well, technically not. I'm, um, but anyways, that's a whole nother story. Another show. Thanks Zach. This was, this was cool. This is a lot less uh, painful than I thought. And uh, from the, I think I was your second ever guest. You were started the podcast many years ago. I, um, Unfortunately, had introduced, uh, connected you and Mike Masato, which I thought would be a fun idea at the time, and it's turned into something great. So, and, and just want to say, dude, like honestly, from the very beginning, um, you 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 continue to uh, improve as a host and knowledge and uh, as a player. So, good stuff. And I hope most people listening realize that a lot of it. I don't want to blow up your spot, but 
it's actually a lot of it is shtick. You kind of go over the edge, but you're you're a good dude. So I appreciate you. I look forward to meeting you in Vegas. Likewise. Thanks a lot, Vlad. Appreciate you know, it. I just want to compliment you on making Vlad nervous. I think that was half the fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, think, I, think, I think, yeah, we had a couple moments here. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for Sunday. I think we're going to have a blast. And, uh, you know, I, it's it's going to fill. We're just a couple of spots away. Oh, yeah, so. it's definitely going to fill. But, again, both of you, like, I, I'm honored to have both of you guys on, on as guests. And I think it's a lot of fun. ton of respect for both of you. And um, you guys, like, talking to you guys is one of the one of the reasons I have uh, this podcast. When, I, when do I get to spend an hour with the two, two guys like that with this much experience and just make them play this stupid game? Like, how did that happen? And last thing I'll tell you is – before I say thank you for having me on, is definitely book Vegas over New York. I'm telling you for the experience. Okay. All right. Thanks, All right. Thanks, boys. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Take care, guys. All right. All right. Bye-bye.